You're now listening to a Binge Bull Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Binge Proof Brain podcast. It's another special podcast episode where we have a co-host. This time it's Jacqueline Davis, binge eating and bulimia recovery coach, and also the host of the Binge Breakers podcast. And what's special about Jacqueline and why I'm really happy to have her on the podcast is that her teachings are parallel to mine. I feel like our philosophies on binge eating recovery are very similar. I resonate with her perspective. I love the content she puts out and she creates a lot, you know, a lot of different free events and affordable courses. So you need to check her out, uh, check the show notes. And also, needless to say, I wish this podcast episode was an interview. (laughs) I would prefer to talk to her face-to-face, I mean, via Zoom. (laughs) But due to my pregnancy and maternity leave, I decided to offload my work and ask others for help. And I really, really appreciate all co-hosts who decided to contribute to the Binge Proof Brain podcast. Okay, Without further delay, let's listen to Jacqueline and her take on mindset mistakes people make when using eating disorder recovery tools. Enjoy. Hello, Natalia's audience. This is Jacqueline here. Um, I'm just going to try to record this in one take, uh, but I am so honored to be on this podcast, first of all. Natalia, for those of you guys that don't know who I am, first of all, I'm Jacqueline. I run a podcast called Binge Breakers. I coach women and people in general on bulimia recovery. I struggled with binge eating for four or binge eating and bulimia for four years, disordered eating for longer than that, and now help people get over that through some, I guess you would say maybe non-conventional recovery methods. But anyway, when I was first starting out, Natalia was kind enough to be one of my my, I think she was my second podcast guest ever out of everyone. So I was honored to have her on the podcast. She's been on there several times, um, at least twice. You can go look up those episodes and find it on my podcast episode. But I was thrilled to hear that Natalia wanted to be on her podcast and honored to be a guest. Although I will say probably the worst guest because I procrastinate on this because I've had a busy month. Um, but I don't have as good of an excuse as Natalia being pregnant. But anyway, each day that I procrastinated on it, I was thinking about her audience and what I could do that would be beneficial. And I was thinking about who Natalia is and the type of coach she is. And I know Natalia is very well informed. Every time I talk to Natalia, she is a factual person and she knows the research. She does the education. She looks up the tools. She religiously focuses on that and then delivers that to her audience. Very scientific based. And I don't want to say I'm not, of course, I look at the evidence too, but I just think Natalia is really great at um, expressing it when she talks on her podcast and understanding it. So with that in mind, I was like, what can I add to her podcast? How can I benefit her and, and you guys that are listening? And I was thinking about using the tools that she gives you and that I give my audience. And the biggest thing I mistake I see people make, I feel like I use that line all the time, but I see people make a lot of mistakes. But 
no matter the information you hear on Natalia's podcast or other resources or in her program or in my program, uh, I think the biggest mistake people make on a mindset side of things is they go in expecting the tools to work immediately. And then if they don't work immediately, they get upset. They either blame the tools or they blame themselves. And it's usually a combination of both. And I just did uh, a free week-long stop binging challenge. And it was just a challenge to educate people. But something I focused really hard on in that challenge that I want to encourage you guys to do if you're in bulimia recovery, binge eating recovery, overeating, trying to stop that, whatever it is, is to use the tools regardless of whether they work or not for a consistent amount of time before you decide what you want to do next. I think that the biggest pe- mistake people make, of course, is they they go in and they expect to, to work immediately or they kind of halfway use the tools and then they don't really give them enough time and then they turn around and give up too soon. I think about when with anything else, when you're learning a new subject, you're learning a new skill, I work out in the gym and I never ever expect myself to do something correctly on the first try. And if it is, it's kind of a fluke. It's kind of surprising, like a move in the gym. I'm trying to work on my Nordic curls, hamstring curls in the gym. And it's very hard. I suck at it. I just posted a reel about it. I'm awful at them. But I don't turn around and say, well, you suck. And that's why you can't do it. And you should just quit now. And actually, the professionals that have told me this is how I'm supposed to do Nordic curls, that doesn't even work. And there's no possible way to do it. I just understand that I'm really poor at this skill. I'm really horrible at this skill. So of course I would be bad at it. Of course I wouldn't excel at it. I don't know why I would expect anything differently. When you're going into recovery, of course be optimistic and believe in yourself, but don't use your failures in the tools that you're trying to use, whatever anyone's telling you, and make it mean because you didn't get results immediately that it's not working. Um, sometimes you need to fail so many times before you can even make a small amount of progress, which brings me to my next point. I know right now it just sounds like I'm like, don't be afraid of failure and do the tools. But the next thing that I think would be really important to focus on is when you do the tools, use them regardless of whether you are going to engage in behaviors or not and still practice what they say because you can glean awareness and information from those failures. And another thing people do with when they have a failure or a success when they're using tools is they never review it. They never go back and think, well, why did this work or why didn't it work? They just make assumptions and they don't look at it and they don't journal. They don't do anything about it. And I'm not trying to blame these people. I get where they're coming from, but you really do need to look and think, critically think, okay, why do I think that this happened? And then be challenge yourself not to say, I don't know. Challenge yourself to think, mm, what could have possibly been? What's my best guess? And then when you can make those decisions, you're able to possibly test out your hypothesis and then get better at it next time. And then thirdly, when you um, use the tools and information and recovery, and you use them regardless of whether you're exceeding or not, excelling or not, um, not exceeding, uh, for a period of time, it's also crucial that you don't waste time beating yourself up when you fail. I saw that a lot in the challenge this week, and I see it with clients, is the second they fail, they turn around with a knife on themselves, and they're like, you suck, it's your fault. I just, it's not productive. And I don't want to be that person that says, oh, think positively all the time. You don't you don't have to change those thoughts, but I think when you have those thoughts of, I suck, I can't do anything, 
I want you to start seeing it as a track in your head, as this backseat driver, as this person that's not actually being very useful. It's just this complainer in your head. And what do you want to think on purpose? I always say this, but you can't help what you unintentionally think, but you certainly can help what you intentionally think after those thoughts. You don't have to change the, the mindset you have, but you just have to decide what you want to think on purpose. And when you're able to not beat yourself up after a binging and purge episode or whatever behavior you're trying to stop when you're able to just be like, okay, that happened. I did that. We're not going to waste time beating your, beating ourselves up. Then you have so much freedom and mental clarity to think more productively about what you can do next time and what could have happened. I teach something in my program called the pause method. And it's what I use initially to stop binging and purging. I paused um, when I felt an urge coming on um, before I went into autopilot. And then that awareness technique allowed me to be able to interrupt my binging and purging cycle and then not engage in behaviors through active decision making. But I say that and it worked for me in the first time I tried it. But what you didn't see from my journey that I try to talk about more now, I feel bad because when I first told my story, I didn't really talk about this. But six months prior, six months or so prior to having this pause method work for me so uh, fluidly and almost like it worked miraculously in the first time was me binging and purging almost daily every afternoon after work, after having a bad day and not making it mean jack shit, not making it mean that I was such, I was such a horrible person, not making it mean that I should um, do bad things to myself, not making it mean anything. I stopped being so dramatic about it. I started viewing binging and purging as my cigarettes. I didn't think it was good, but I also didn't think it was such a moral horrible issue. And I stopped pretending like every time I binge and purge, I was kicking puppies or something. I wasn't. So I stopped being so mean to myself. I started doing it without judgment. And I started being super neutral and accepting of it. And from that, I started to get much more aware when I was binging and purging. I started to be much more present because I didn't need to hide from myself. I wasn't like so horrible to myself that I had to force feed myself to shut down the thoughts. And then from that, when I was force feeding myself, there firstly became less of a need to do so because of the thoughts that weren't there. But also when I was doing it and being present instead of masking it, I realized this isn't that great. I'm not really enjoying that this that much. I started stopping earlier because I just wasn't in, my heart wasn't in it as much. And then lo and behold, I was paying much more attention to my triggers and cues. And then finally, when Janet Archer, the coach at the time that told me her version of the pause method, she told me to try this technique not that it had worked specifically for bulimia before, but she just said, this is what I recommend to clients when they are struggling with automatic things and thoughts and behaviors. And it worked. It was because of that awareness and kindness I had shown myself consistently for six months. Thank goodness I did that. And I think some people, they just think they hear these tools and they think, oh, shit, okay, I should get it immediately. This should happen. And you don't see everything that's gone, gone on behind the scenes. And you also don't understand the awareness and consistency and continually showing up to those things that of those of us that have recovered did beforehand. It just looks like the shiny story. Um, so if you go into recovery with anything, if you take any way from anything away from this podcast episode to apply to the amazing wisdom that Natalia is teaching you, I would say that you need to go in with an open mind, not expect results immediately and continually practice the tools for a longer amount of time before you decide what you want to do next. And if you decide to do other tools, if you decide this isn't working, have a good reason why you think it's not working and take an educated guess and then test out a new theory. And then also do not beat yourself up afterwards and 
um, use the tools regardless of whether you engage in behaviors or not, because it's not so much about engaging in the behaviors or not engaging in the behaviors. It's what you learn from the tools that makes you, helps you recover. So I hope that this podcast episode has been beneficial. I hope that it's, it's probably short and sweet. I'm just kind of recording this while I'm feeling inspired, but I think that that's some ma- a major shift that I have made in my life that helps me recover. And it also helps me with goals today, which something to think about as well is when you're recovering, the, the skills you're using to recover, like awareness, being intentional, showing up to the plate, even when you fail, reviewing why you think you felt in critical thinking, that is not just about bulimia recovery or binge eating recovery. That applies to everything. And it's helped me in my business and my personal life and every other goal I've tried to achieve and have achieved since recovery. So if you're thinking this is so much work just to stop binge eating, just to get my relationship right with food, but it's the cornerstone of a big shift that might happen in your life if you're able to get this into a new realm for you. Like I think that this is so much more than recovery and I wish I knew that or I would have probably done it much sooner. But um things take time and it it just takes consistency and keeping going. I know that's generic advice, but hopefully this specifically has helped you. But anyway, if you want to hear more from me and my my advice, you can always just look up my podcast. It's called Binge Breakers. And uh you can search for it on most most podcast platforms. I'm on YouTube as well. And I do interviews as well and lots of different things and share tons of advice dedicated to people who suffered specifically with bulimia and binge eating at the same time Um, and then purging the vomiting. That's what I struggled with. So you can look that up and then you can go to my website at bingebreakers.com. I offer a free course on there and then I have a a private group coaching program that's super affordable and amazing, full of lots of people that have recovered um, and are going through recovery right now. And then also I have a private coaching program. I do have availability as I'm saying this. I don't know if I have availability when it comes out because I don't know when Natalia is going to put it out. But uh, yeah, that's all you can do to find me. My name is Jacqueline and thank you so much for listening. And also I just want to shout out that Natalia is an amazing gal and I'm so happy for her that she is having a baby and a family. And it's just so exciting. Good for her. All right. Bye. Never give up on yourself, my friends. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Per Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Per Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.